If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a line in his letter to the nephew, which constitutes the first part of the fire next time. His great classic was published in 1962 in the New Yorker in book form in 63. And he says, don't, comma, be afraid. That's one of the coldest lines connected to what you're talking about, because you can't talk about freedom if you're afraid. You Mm -hmm. can't talk about freedom if you're a coward. You can't talk about freedom if you're intimidated. You can't talk about freedom if you run around scared. You can't talk about freedom if you scratch a window, don't itch, and laugh when it ain't funny. Mm. You can't talk about freedom if you're wearing the mask and simply trying to get by rather than straighten your back up and speaking your truth and bearing your witness. So freedom is something that has to do with shattering fear. And white supremacy is predicated on keeping black people fearful, scared, Mm. intimidated, Mm. deferential. And the only thing that breaks the back of fear is love. 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 Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Listen, family, there are moments when you get a chance to interact with a person who has held such a profound impact on your life, personally, your, your POV, your culture, and your community. Every now and then, you get the opportunity to spend a few moments in time with someone who's had a profound love for the community of people that you love. I'm talking about black folks. And that person I'm talking about is Dr. Cornell West. And every now and then, you get a chance to sit down and chat with that person. Today is that day for us. And my perspective is this. When you get those moments to sit down with that type of person, someone who cares that much about a community, whether you agree or disagree with all their POVs, you need to sit down and listen, learn, and apply the things that he or she says that you find importance with, that's that's critical, that you align with, but apply those things to your world, to your life and make things better. Again, today is that day, and I want to welcome brother, Dr. Cornell West, to Wild Black. Dr. West, welcome, brother. My dear brother, you bless me, you honor me in a mighty way. 
the work that you and Brother Art do together in the language of John Coltrane, forces for good, motivated by love supreme. And that is no small thing. But I want to begin by actually saluting Brother Isaiah, who's going to begin school on Tuesday with Sister Latour and Brother Darius doing such a magnificent job. And uh, we were talking about the tears of joy that's going to flow, but hey, that's a beautiful thing. That's, and see, that's very much what we're all about, though, man. You know what I mean? That the bottom line is, how can we empower, enable others, touch lives, unsettle minds, and keep people mindful of the great ones who came before, beginning with Darius and Latour, then grandmama and granddaddy, then great-great-grandmama and granddaddy, aunts, uncles, coaches, teachers, companions, friends. How do we keep that caravan of love that the Isley brothers sang about? Yes, indeed. And flowing. Mm. And while black is a magnificent moment in that caravan of love, in my campaign ain't nothing but a moment in that <laughs> caravan of love. That's really what it is. That's it. That's it. Look, it's, it's, it's funny you would bring up the Isley Brothers. It's funny you bring up love because we're actually going to talk about love today. We're going to talk about music, and it's all going to be in the context of where we are going as a community. But the first thing we got to do, Dr. West, we got to jump into what we call wild black shit. Artists going to run it through it. We got three questions. They're quick questions because we want to compensate for the time lost. By the way, wild black family. This is one of those days. It's been technical difficulty after technical difficulty, but we are still here to give you this word and give you this work. All right, brother, hit him with that wild black shit, please. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm, I'm super excited about these three. So it's three questions. Dr. West, three quick questions. The last question is our signature question. We ask every single guest this question. And to me, it's it's... I get joy every time I hear the answers that come from this last question. But no, we're going to start with the first question. If you had to lose, we're going to talk about music for a little bit. If you had to lose one group in that entire musical catalog, and let's say it never existed and their com contributions are completely gone, and I'm just going to pick three. You get to pick one that if we, if we, if we had to lose it, which one would it be? Mm. I'm glad I ain't got to pick this one. Oh, yeah. This, this, oof, this is a tough one. We're going to go with Luther Vandross, Marvin Gaye, or the Isley Brothers. You got to lose one of them. And why? I commit suicide, brother. <laughs> ain't losing. Ain't losing none of those things. Ain't losing none of them. I got to go. I got to go. I tell my Lord I'm ready. Bring the ship of Zion. Bring the ship of Zion on. I, I, I ain't losing. I ain't losing. They're too much a part of me. You know what I mean? I love yeah. it. I, yeah. I, see, I like that answer because it is completely non-committal, but it, it's fully committed, though. That's, that's fully. That's fully. <laughs> like, completely. Fully. Like, it, it's like, no, nah, out the gate, nope, can't lose none of them. We're not losing nothing. Nope, I'm just going to leave. I love it. All right, second question. I think this is this is a, a, a OG question because we, we haven't asked question. this in a very long time. And it, but it's, it's highly it's so debated. critical to get his POV. So oh, critical. It, it, listen, uh -huh. when I read it and I thought about it, I said, you know, this one is, is this is very polarizing. Mm. Very polarizing. Interesting. Here we go. Now, 
this is this this is a big debate. Breakfast time. When you get the grits that are on the in the pot, get placed on the table, do they pair better with butter and salt or sugar? Ah. Brother West, this one, could, this one could, this one could, could seal the presidency or lose it for you. Right, right here, right here. y'all starting off on some high notes here. I think I'm going with the sugar this time. Boom! Yes. Going with the sugar. Yes. I love the yes. butter, but the sugar yes. is a little. Sookie, sookie, sookie. You know what I mean? It, it, it do something. I'm, yeah. Brother West, that's that's yeah. that's home team right there. That's that's secured. I, I, I love it. That's that's, that's my choice. Say anymore. I'm somebody's so on the hurt. other side of this. I'm hurt deep. Oh, I my, all my my Mississippi roots are screaming right now. I'm so I hurt. Understand too. <laughs> I understand. Vicksburg is in the house in a mighty way. You know it. Them produce so much genius, inside talent, and a whole host of other things that I can understand folk men on that other side. And of course, all of us want all both of them. You know, the right, right. Both. But See? you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make room for sugar in the grits because Look black people are all things. We can do all things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slide to the left. Make a little room <laughs> for the sugar. I don't understand. Look, it, I, but I'm see, gonna we, make room. <laughs> listen, I've never heard that level of compromise before, brother. That is that is hey. growth right there. That is growth. Ooh. Hey, brother, Doctor West is in the room, baby. I have to yes. learn to compromise. Well, I think that's he inspired you on that one. I like that. In the jazz tradition, flexible and fluid and protein enough to embrace both. But that's let's it. just say this now: soul itself is a sharing of a soothing sweetness against the backdrop of catastrophe. Ooh, and so when you drop the bars. sugar in there, you got that soulfulness of a David Ruffin from Why Not Mississippi, that soulfulness of Curtis Mayfield, who's people from Mississippi, he on the west side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we ain't got the Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf yet. So that, that soulfulness is tied to some of that sugar, but it's got the butter, too. It got the butter, too. And the grits is the foundation. The grits is a foundation. And the grits is part of the love coming out of grandmama's pot. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Ooh. Ooh. Show enough, boy. See, see, that's that's deep. That's deep with the integrated nature of, of the whole wild black section. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hit you with this third question. This is final question, signature question. This is this is the one. What do you love most about life while black? I think I love. The fact that there's never, ever been a people in the modern world who've been so chronically hated, but taught the world so much about love and how to love. Amen. Mm. Amen. Now, Loving mm. when no love was given to us. Mm. That that's that's an, that's a powerful ability to love someone, to love anyone through the type 
of lives that we have been forced to lead, the type of abuse that has been inflicted upon us to still get up and have that ability to not just love, but to teach others how to love and to mm. be loved is a powerful, powerful, powerful mm. thing. That's brother. it. That's God. That's God. So we can start with Emma Till's mama. You remember she brought his body back from Tallahatchie River? Mm-hmm. Open that casket yep. in Robert Temple Church of God in Christ on the west side of Chicago. She stepped up to that lectern with tears of sadness and sorrow yes. flowing. His head was three times the size of his ordinary head. And what did she tell the world with the cameras from every corner of the globe? She said, I don't have a minute to hate. I will pursue justice for the rest of my life. Amen. That's Amen. a level of mm. spiritual and moral discipline and greatness that's very rare. And she knew that justice is what love looks like in public. That's right. Mm. So that was black love at its height. I mean, that's Coltrane's love supreme. That Absolutely. is, in fact, the love train of the OJ. Absolutely. So that those are not just songs. Those are the struggling, suffering, shuddering black people in the face of barbaric, vicious white supremacy and saying that hatred will not have the last word. Lynching will not have the last word. Discrimination, degradation, they will not have the last word. Well, what's the last word gonna be? Check this out. Love for black people and a love that will flow over to the vanilla side and other sides, but it starts on the chocolate side. Amen, on the chocolate Mm. side, on the chocolate side. I love it. Well, look, Dr. West, we're gonna jump into our next section. This is called the dope quote. Today's dope quote reads, freedom is not something that anybody can be given. Freedom is something people take, and people are as free as they want to be by Brother James Baldwin. When you hear that quote, Brother West, what comes to mind for you? comes to mind is I live on 110th Street in, in Harlem, and James Baldwin is son of Harlem, genius of Harlem, and towering great writer of a great people. I think... There's a line in his letter to the nephew, which constitutes the first part of the fire next time. His great classic was published in 1962 in the New Yorker in book form in 63. And he says, don't, comma, be afraid. That's one of the coldest lines connected to what you're talking about, because you can't talk about freedom if you're afraid. You Mm -hmm. can't talk about freedom if you're a coward. You can't talk about freedom if you're intimidated. You can't talk about freedom if you run around scared. You can't talk about freedom if you scratch and when it don't itch and laugh and when it ain't funny. Mm. You can't talk about freedom if you're wearing the mask and simply trying to get by rather than straighten your back up and speaking your truth and bearing your witness. So freedom is something that has to do with shattering fear. And white supremacy is predicated on keeping black people fearful, scared, Mm. intimidated, Mm. deferential. And the only thing that breaks the back of fear is love. Mm, mm. And so there's an intimate connection between freedom and love. Now, the biblical formulation is, I come out of revolutionary Christian tradition, Shiloh Baptist Church on the chocolate side of Sacramento, Willie P. Cook, my pastor from Brookhaven, Mississippi, Beulah Baptist Church, that's where he was baptized. He baptized me 62 years ago. He used to remind us all the time, namely what? Namely, in fact, that the truth shall set you free. Well, what is the truth? The truth is the love. The truth is the acknowledgement 
of the love that has been poured into us by our loved ones. Mm-hmm. So when you say, Jesus loves you, Jesus weeps, but that's inseparable from mama loves you, granddaddy loves you. Mm. Black folk in the church love you because you can't talk about the love in the abstract. It's got to be funky, fleshified. Mm. Mm. Deodorized love ain't going to get you through. Sanitized, sterilized love ain't going to get you through. That's the superficial stuff. It's Mm. in the funk. That's what George Clinton and Sun Raw and Bootsy Collins and others Mm. and James Brown being the godfather of it all. The love is in the funk. The love, the freedom is in the funk. Mm, mm, mm. Listen, Brother brother West, you have talked about a couple things that that ignite some thoughts in me. You've talked about the concept of love, yeah. and you've talked about the concept of fear. Yeah. And, and I, want, I want to dig in on both of those just a bit. You, throughout your entire career, have exemplified a love and dedication toward black folks, and you've operated without the kind of fear that too many of us embody. How have you been able to do that so loudly, so boldly, so proudly, and still continue to grow and move up these chains of command and build these places of influence. How have you done that so authentically as yourself? Well, my dear brother, that's a profound question, and I don't really have a language for it. I wish I could sing like Donna Hathaway, so that I would express <laughs> something deeper in my soul, because in a way, music is just deeper than language. You know what I mean? It really yes, is. But for me... Uh, I wish y'all had a chance to meet my mother, Irene West, right here in Sacramento. Mm. School named after, taught vacation Bible school, walked the streets of Chocolate Sacramento, Old Park, and other places. The kids would come up and say, Miss Irene, we just thank you so much for teaching us how to read because she always embraced all the children. You see, when you have that kind of love at the center of your life, then you mm. can't take no credit because that mm. I didn't deserve that. That was a gift. Mm. Same was true with my father, with Trustee Borden, Shiloh Arms, working with the Black Panther Party to make sure that people had housing and so forth. I can't take credit for that. I just showed up. Mom's womb, dad was there. Clifton was there. Cynthia was there. Cheryl was there. Grandma was there. Reverend Seal, all that love. Coach Peters and so forth right there. So that all I'm trying to do is to be true to the love that's been poured into me. And it would take four lifetimes to begin to move toward paying the debt that I received from those love warriors, from those freedom fighters. Now, you can imagine, you know, like you all, once I started reading, I read about Malcolm. I said, oh, God, I see some deep. I read about Martin. I see the. I read about Fannie Lou Hamer. I read about Ella Baker. I read about Diane Nash, Stokely Carmichael. These are love warriors. But I already experienced it in my crib, in my church, yeah. in my little league. Yeah. And I experienced yeah. it because I'm a hang loose Baptist in the nightclub because I was there <laughs> on Friday night. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. You bring the mighty Dells and Delphonics and the Dramatics and the Whispers and Enchantment and the Jones Girls and the Emotions, the Hutchinson Sisters from Chicago. I can feel that love coming at it. When I talked about Barry White when I was making that remark, you know, what was the name of his orchestra? Love Unlimited. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. Unleak straight out of Compton. Look, I, I dare say I know you started that statement with I, I wish that we that you all could meet Miss Irene West. And dare I say, we've never met her in the flesh, but I am sure we feel her through mm-hmm. your commitment and the way you speak and the way you embrace the idea and the ideology of love and share that with us. The concept of love warriors is one that I'm going to take from this moment on and use as we move forward because it's applicable. It makes sense. I like that wording. Now, (laughs) what I want to do is I want to talk about love for black folks in black community, but I want to talk about it in a different way. I want to turn the mirror around and talk about what are the things that we can do. So I want to ask a two-part question. Mm. In this country in which we live today, There are two things I want to dig in on. One, what is the greatest systematic threat to black folks in this country? And two, what is the greatest self-imposed threat to black folks in this country? See, I want to talk about love in reverse. I want to talk about love by being honest with what we need to repair and what we need to fix so that people can feel and experience this love. Man, I'm telling you, you all got it going on on this show. Wow, black, I'm telling you, good God Almighty. I have always believed, my dear brothers, that... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Uh, uh, You could look at the black predicament from the moment that the dignified African set foot in slaveocratic America was taken to the slave auction as they were taken from the slave ship. Twofold. Too much poverty. Not enough self-love. Too much poverty, which is to say, not access to housing, food, education, jobs with a living wage. But then there's a psychological and a spiritual dimension. Not enough self-love, self-respect, self-esteem, positive self-image, self-confidence, belief Mm -hmm. in self. And those two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. They go hand in hand. So one's material, which has, that's why politics is very important. That's why, you know, I've always considered myself an abolitionist when it comes to poverty. I want to abolish poverty. And of course, that's what Brother Martin King was talking about. And Fannie Lou Hamer talking about the end of their lives. I want to abolish poverty, just like Frederick Douglass wanted to abolish slavery. He didn't want no liberal version of slavery. Slaves get three days off a week rather than just one. No, he wanted to abolish slavery across the board. And that means means transformation in the kind of economy you have with the wealth at the top and 1% got 
42% of the wealth and so forth. But then on the psychological and the spiritual level, where does the self-love come from? Comes from one, how you view yourself. What are the lens through which you see yourself? And you see yourself in terms of what kind of stories, what connection to history, what kind of narratives, and what kind of songs and music. You see, part of the vicious attack on black people in the last 40 years has been an attempt to dumb down our music. To make sure that we can't find meaning in our music and drama in our music. And, and who are making those decisions? Oligarchs, plutocrats mm-hmm. in the recording industry. You know, when I had mm-hmm. my three three CDs, we'll never forget, you all know I work with Prince and Andre 3000, Gareth One and Talib Kualib. I wouldn't go into all the wonderful folk we had on that album. But we were going to these different recording places. Oh, Brother West, this freedom stuff is crap. We just want G-string music. I said, no. Mm. Oh, so you're going to slap Sam Cooke in the face? You're going to slap mm. Nina Simone in the face? You lucky I don't slap you down right now, you messing with mm. vocal mean the world to me? Mm. Sam Cooke had drama in his sound. So did old Otis Redden. What is the drama? Sitting on the dock of the bay. What's the drama? Some day we going to change. Change, waiting for a change. Even when you sent me, that's still a drama on the interpersonal level. Mm-hmm. Marvin mm-hmm. Gaye's drama, what's going on and let's get it on. Depends on what the context is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's meaning, it's drama, whereas the, the, the music these days just dumb it down to titillation, dumb it down to yeah. the stimulation of the body. Dumb it down yeah. to fighting each other and hating each other and attacking each other. That's part of the community. So I'm not against telling the, the truth, but you got to tell the full truth. Yes, absolutely. Full truth. You know what? The way, the way you talk and speak about the role of music in, in your life and in our community kind of makes me begin to think about this, right? <laughs> Historically, our music has been a very strong aspect and backbone of our community. It's played a role in all of our major movements. You go back to the civil rights movement, music was critical. It was a major piece of that. And to your point, over time, executives have begun to fight the way we speak and talk and uplift ourselves in our music. And and so where it brings me to is as we sit back and we think about all the events that have happened here, from the murder of Trayvon Martin up to George Floyd in 2020, and and unfortunately, the next brother or sister who's going to be murdered by the cops tomorrow, right? There is a soundtrack that sits there, and it is linked to our well-being and to our justice. So when we begin to think about the concept of love and fear. Now that we're talking about music, I want to roll in the concept of justice because I know you speak on that a lot. Yes, yes. What does justice truly look like in this day and this time? What is the justice we should be asking and fighting for? And how can you help us to grasp and control that? Yes, yes. Well, I appreciate that querying question, brother. You see, I I look at it partly through... uh, biblical lens, which is Mm -hmm. to always look at the world through the lens of the least of these. Mm. What you've done unto the prisoners, you've done unto me. 
what you've yep. done with the brothers and sisters in the hood, you've done unto me. So I don't look to the black faces in high places and view that as the litmus test of black progress. I'm glad we got a black middle class. I'm glad we got a black bourgeoisie. I'm glad we got black elite and black wealthy folk. But I'm not impressed by worldly success. Mm. I'm impressed mm. by moral and spiritual greatness. How are you using your success? How are you using your wealth? Are you trying to empower others, especially the least of these? Mm. Mm. Dude, I come out of Shiloh Baptist Church, Reverend Willie P. Cook out of Brookhaven, Mississippi. That come on, Mississippi. His prison ministry was stronger than his building fund. Mm. That's a powerful thing. Isn't that something? He wasn't a CEO. Mm. We got a lot of CEOs of churches now because that's the market model. Right. No, no, he was a pastor, which meant what? He loved his people. My grandfather, Reverend C.L. West, Metropolitan Baptist Church. Y'all know I was born in the same hospital as... Uh, uh, as, as Wilson Brothers, the Gap Band, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Come on, oh, yeah. You know, come on now. You know that Gap yeah. Greenwood Orchard Pine. Well. That's, that's the Black Wall Street. That's, that's right. Indeed, right. that's right. And that moved Arch hospital Arch right that's on right. the edge of that. But Granddad's church was the same way. Meaning what? Meaning that justice depends on the lens through which you view things. So that for me, when I talk about justice, I want justice for the brothers and sisters in mass incarceration to shut it down so they have possibilities and opportunities so they can flower and flourish. I Amen. want justice for brother Jamal and sister Leticia in the hood on the block. If it's justice for them, then there's going to be justice for the black working class, the black middle class, all the way up to the black elite. Right now, there is more justice for the black elite than there is for the black poor. Now, the black elites can still get beat down by the police because white supremacy it doesn't mm -hmm. discriminate. But justice in its holistic sense has to always be measured by how the least of these are being treated. But keep in mind this. Mm. Any justice that's only justice soon degenerates into something less than just. If you don't have genuine care for the people, you're not going to be in the justice movement that long. It might be mm. a nice little career move at the moment. You know, you people, mm. all some people wake up and all of a sudden they on the cutting edge for justice for about nine months. Then you run into them a year and a half later and they moved on to some other fad. Yeah, yeah. we've seen that. You see, wait, seen wait, wait, that. wait. This is a key sweat moment. Something, something just ain't right. <laughs> I thought this was a life choice. I thought this was your heart, mind, and soul in it. No, it That's was right. just nope. a career move. Mm -hmm. See, mm -hmm. so that if it's only justice and it's not tied to genuine care and concern and love, mm. then it ain't gonna last. Mm. You know, he hearing you say that, it it takes me back. I'm, I might get this quote wrong. But it was something very much like this that you said. You said, justice is what love looks like in public. And when I heard that, it something just clicked for me, right? But it, it begs this question to me. Mm. If justice is what love looks like in, in, in public, mm -hmm. and love is something that people claim to understand, then why is it that justice is so often debated and misunderstood? Why is justice for me look different from justice from, from him, right? Why is that such a conversation piece 
when it should be simple and understood. The golden rule should always apply, right? What is the issue there? Why do we have such a struggle understanding and then applying justice equally? Yeah, I mean, part of it is, though, brother, that uh, the golden rule, for example, do unto others as you would have others to do unto you. Mm -hmm. So easily translates into he who has the goal rules. Mm. Yes. Because that's the dominant way of the yes. world. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's mm. the dominant way of the world. Mm. So they would say justice is what love looks like in public. But wait a minute. You got this indigenous brothers and sisters who have been. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Attacked, assaulted, genocide against them. Stolen land. Nobody wants to acknowledge. You got the African brothers and sisters enslaved 244 years. So that the words sound pretty, but when it comes to translating it into action, then you got greed, you got hatred. It's what the great Howard Thurman, who was the teacher of Martin Luther King Jr., wrote that powerful text in 1949, Jesus and the Disinherited. Mm -hmm. That's the book that Martin King used to walk around in his back pocket all the time, yes, Howard Thurman. He calls them the hounds of hell. You got <laughs> hatred, you got greed, you got fear, and then you got envy, jealousy. Now, those hounds of hell are shot through all of us because we're human beings. We wrestle with hatred and greed all the time. And if we don't spiritually and morally equip ourselves, we fall prey to it. That's what movements do. Movements help right. you accent the best of who you are. And you all remember the classic in 1937 by Robert Johnson coming out of Delft. The Delta, Mississippi, I got a hellhound on my trail. I got to keep on moving because the blues <laughs> falling down like hell. H-A-I-L. I got a hellhound <laughs> on my trail. I got to keep moving. You are keep a moving. music man. I love yeah. it. Oh, Robert Johnson is one of the greatest geniuses in the history of the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> But you see the truth that you're talking about, see? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. So I, I want to I tie this thing together because I've been, I've been building somewhere very intentionally, right? We've talked about now the concept of love. Yeah. We've talked about the concept of fear. And we've talked about the concept of justice, right? And, and for me, this is me personally as Darius, co-host of Wild Black. When I start thinking about the people that I want to see in leadership, when I start thinking about who I want to see in the Oval Office, making decisions as the president of the United States. For me, 
those are three major things that come back that we don't talk about enough, right? We get stuck in politics and policy, right. but we don't talk about the fact that as a genuine leader, humanity. I want someone who can, right, I want someone who, who holds up humanity, who, who teaches and pushes love, who helps to manage through fear, and who can push justice, right? Those are three important things to me that lead us all the way back to the presidency. Now I want to jump into that conversation because, Brother West, we know you are running for president of the United States. And I know you bring all three of those elements to the party, to the mix. So the very first question I want to ask you, brothers, now that we've established love, fear, and justice— why is it that you want to be president of the United States? What, what, where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to take us? Yeah, ooh, this, this is one of the best interviews I've had in my <laughs> life, brother. <laughs> Lord have mercy, I appreciate it. Because you're getting right to the core of things. You know what I mean? And for me, at the core of it is, first, the national anthem of black people, which is lift every voice. Every Not every, every echo. Now, if you're just going to be an echo of a silo, stay home. That's right. But you got mm. to find your voice. The only way you find your voice is to dig deep in the dark corner of your own soul and try to come to terms with your own wounds and scars and bruises and then lift your voice in such a way that you can Absolutely. sound like a Donny Hathaway because you know Amen. he found his voice. He didn't always have his voice. See, Reverend Scott was training him in St. Louis in the church he said, Donnie, you got to find your voice. Now you got to mm. find your voice. You got to train didn't always have his voice. Monk and the others, you're imitating Johnny Hodges or the Duke Ellington band. Imitation's too much. You're imitating Charlie Parker. You got to find your voice. Voice is a process. Well, I want to bring it in the context of electoral politics at the presidential level, the voices of the tradition that has shaped me. I am just one moment in a movement. My campaign is one moment in a movement, and it's the people's movement. It's a movement of a great black peoples and others who are willing to talk about love, freedom, breaking the back of fear, focusing on poor and working people, not just in America, but around the world. You see, for me, yeah, president, right. I don't want America to be an empire everybody got to defer to with 800 military units around the world and invading and occupying other people's country. I want people to see America as a decent nation treating other nations decently. Because mm. I'm for the poor and the working class in those other nations, too. Yeah. Mm. You see what I mean? That's what I learned in Vacation Bible School. Jesus loved the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black or white. They are precious in his in sight. His sight. That's you it. see, so if the Palestinian baby dies, the Israeli baby dies, the Guatemalan baby dies, that baby has the same value as any That's baby right. in America. And they say, oh, but Brother West, I thought you were a patriot and a nationalist. I'm concerned about people in America, yes. But I am an internationalist because I'm concerned with human beings wherever they are. Yeah. We don't need to drop mm. drones and kill innocent people. Mm. We don't need to dominate other people's economy just for corporate interests at the top. So that becoming a, a big, running for president is just another way in which I'm running for truth and justice. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's the same race, but it's a different context. Yep. It's like asking, it's like asking uh, 
uh, uh, uh, uh, uh. She's like asking Gladys Knight. You know, you sang this beautiful song at the Apollo, and neither one of us hit us so very hard. We'd like to bring you to Carnegie Hall, but we want you to sing some other songs rather than your songs. But Car- Carnegie Hall is a different context. She said, no, I'm bringing the pips with me, and we're going to sing neither one of us, and we're going to sing without <laughs> some of our other deep jams in Carnegie Hall. It's going to overflow our music. our music in that context. Mm-hmm. And so it is in politics, so it is in presidential Politics, But the sad thing is, as you all know, is that, uh, you know, American politics is a form of low comedy in the sense of people coming in, co-opted, accommodated, incorporated. They go in full of fire, all of a sudden get cold because the money is so overwhelming, become addicted to status, become addicted to title. Yep. And they lose too often their souls. Yep. Yeah, and so you, you have know to what, go in with your soul intact, with the memories of grandmama at the center of how you behave, and a fundamental commitment to transforming the social misery of poor and working class black folk, poor and working class people here and abroad. That's a different kind of order. That is. it is. I love that. So it, it's interesting to me. You, you talked about. Gladys Knight, right? And if she were asked to come perform at Carnegie and said, hey, but by the way, we need you to do Cindy Lauper's song. That's right. That's not, that's not going to sound right, that's right? right. That, that, that is going to feel like the, the message and the music are mismatch, right? It's like, not gonna, like it's deluding not gonna her spirit. Your soul. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's, it's not going to reach you like it normally does. And, and I want to equate that to when I reached out to your team, part of the reason I reached out was because I listened to several of your interviews, and I love them. The Breakfast Club interview specifically, the Stephen A. Smith interview, they all spoke to me. Mm. But there was an element that I that I was asking myself, do people know this, right? So we are very familiar with the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And I think if you ask most black folks, they'll say, yeah, I understand the third parties. But I've asked that question. And what I've seen is that we answer with ego, right? The answer that we give you, sure, I get it, but we don't. So because you are running as a third party, I wanted to dive into that conversation a little bit. I wanted to give people the information they needed so when they are at the polls, they are informed as to what that means. And it's not simply discounted because all we know are Republican and Democratic. So I would love, Brother West, if you could dive in and talk about the third parties, what they are, how they move, why you chose there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let me just begin with this fundamental commitment that, you see, I don't love black people in order for them to love me back. Amen. I love black people because they're worthy of being loved. Mm. See, love is not a quid pro quo transactional thing. So when people could come up to me and say, you know, Brother West, we were critical of you when you were critical of Obama or when you were critical of so-and-so, I said, I... I just want y'all to recognize that I was speaking on behalf of poor and working people who have shaped me. If anybody is addressing the needs of poor and working people, then, hey, I'm ready to break down. That's fine. If you're not, you're going to get a critique. So when I look at the Republican Party, rich, xenophobic too often, moving toward fascism. What is fascism? Who needs an alarm in the morning 
when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Undermining democracy as a whole. The rule of big money, big military, and scapegoating the most vulnerable. Democratic Party. What do I say in the Democratic Party? Too tied to Wall Street, right? Obama was the one who bailed him out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I see Biden, architect of a crime against humanity, prison industrial complex, mass incarceration, those crime bills from 1886 to 1994. And I've taught in prisons for 41 years. They are crimes against humanity. I've been there. I love those brothers. Mm. I'll never mm. sell those brothers down, down the river running for office or anything else. Mm. The same is true to the Iraqi war. So the Democratic Party, to me, is too tied into big money, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't want to speak to the situation of poor and working people. It's like, it's like Cop City in Atlanta. Who's behind mm-hmm. Cop City? We're getting ready to talk about that it's, on the it's show. Democrats and Republicans, but the Democrats in Atlanta. And it is a multiracial thing. Mm-hmm. Got black Democrats that will defend Cop City, defend the establishment, defend the status quo. You say, wait, 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 wait. Since when did you become so accommodated to the status quo? I thought you were fundamentally committed to making sure these police don't brutalize our, 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 our young brothers and sisters, especially in the hood. And everybody knows, as I said on the breakfast show, that if the precious young black folk who are going to jail, who are being brutalized by black by the police were upper middle class members of Jack and Jill. We have different kind of black leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd have different kind of black leader. We have different kind of black churches. If that were the case, mm-hmm. because the black middle class folk have more status than the black poor. Now, generally speaking, a black life still has less value than a white life because white supremacy is still operating. But we've got black leadership that's concerned with the black middle class too often and is too indifferent to the suffering of black poor and black working class. There's no way under God's heaven that you could have serious black leaders to allow the establishment of the mass incarceration regime. Absolutely. It was black leaders who too often capitulated and we just have yeah. to be honest about that. And see, I'm not saying that because I hate the brothers and sisters. I'm saying that because I hate injustice, especially when it impacts black poor and black working class people and poor people who work class. Say that. Yes, sir. And, and, and again, it's a matter of the, ne- the Negro anthem. Our voices must be raised. Wow, you, absolutely. It must be raised. 100%. So what do you do? Well, what did Frederick Douglass do? In the 1850s, when he had the choice between two political parties that supported slavery, you got Polk on the one hand, Clay on the other. And he's thinking like, Lord have mercy, somebody sang a song. So he part of the third party called the Liberty Party. Right. That's right. That's right. The Liberty Party would move into bringing pressure to bear on a third party that became the Republican Party with Lincoln. Then that Republican Party, as we know, gets hijacked. Mm-hmm. Right. Early hijack, Democratic Party hijack. Well, what do we do? And they say, well, Brother West, you know, there's only two parties and there's no alternative to the parties. And we have nothing else we can do. I said, well, I understand that because we are always between a rock and a hard place in America. Live there. Yes. But it is to be black. But that doesn't mean that one, we start telling lies 
about how right. wonderful Biden is and wonderful Democratic Party is and wonderful how city council of Atlanta is in their voting vis-a-vis cop city. No, we ain't going to tell that lie. We're going to fight against it. That's right. And then we're going to say, well, let's see whether there's third party alternatives. And the Green Party already got ballot access to 21 states. They've had a tradition of trying to be critical of the corporate duopoly. And you say, okay, well, let's push and put and, and speak our truths and bear witness to our ju- to justice. They say, well, you're stealing votes from Biden. Ain't stealing votes from Biden. You got to earn the votes. If, if people not vote for him, they're not voting for him because they don't want to vote for him. And keep in mind, over 45% of black folk don't vote at all. Right. At all. Period. At all. At all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they've given up a long time ago. They figured the whole thing is rigged. They ain't. So you're only talking about the folk who are registered and the folk who actually vote. Yeah. 62% of the folk who voted for the Green Party would never, ever, ever vote for Democrats. So when you hear on TV, we would always say, well, if the Green Party took the votes away, we ain't taking votes away. Brother West, you stealing votes from Biden. Oh, so now I'm a thief. Now, now I'm involved in theft now. Isn't that something? I'm trying to love black people, follow Jesus, keep my style, and enjoy my music. And lo and behold, now I'm a thief. A thief? I'm a thief. <laughs> I'm running around stealing. I'm running around stealing things. I said, isn't this? We need some Richard Pryor and Moms Mabley at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, we appreciate Brother David Chappelle and Sister Monique because they're great talent, too. <sighs> But I mean, you know, you need some comedy at this point. Right. Absolutely. Major threat against America because I'm a thief. Mm. That's it. Mm. Isn't that something? Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank God I was born a black man in my right Amen. mind long enough to crack a smile and be in conversation with Brother Darius and Brother Art. And we embrace humanity, but it always begins on the chocolate side of town. I know Amen. that's right. The chocolate side of town. Listen, I want to respect your time, so I want to ask you one more quick question, then we'll close this thing out. And and I want to go back to the idea of love. So, this last question. I, I know you're a man of, of faith. Absolutely. I know you're a man of God. I know you're a man of love. Now, let's say for whatever reason, as every child that's being born into this world, God has deemed you the ambassador of love. And it is up to you to teach and instill in each of these unborn children what love is so that when they come of age, they can add love to the world. Here's the caveat. The only way you can do it is through music. And you only get one song that you can play to each of these unborn children to educate them on what love is so that when the time comes, they can add it to the world. What song by what artist do you choose? Oh, Love Ballad, Love Ballad. This is Love Ballad by LTD. He was ready. He was ready. He was ready. Oh, I'm ready for that. That was a Richard Franklin's favorite song. (laughs) And I I tell you, Jeffrey, he just takes us to a whole, he starts that moaning and groaning with the sounds between the words and the music breaking the back of the sentences and the sentences tied to a blood flow that allows that flow to be channeled in such a way that people feel empowered and affirmed. That's what love is, the love ballad by LTD. Now, I know I got to run with this thing, but you know what, though, brother? We're going to do this again. Let's come back in, in the fall, all right? 
Absolutely. Let's do it. Listen, family, I hope you got some from that episode. We had a little time to sit down with Brother West, and it was great. His, his warmth, his authenticity, I hope you felt it because it definitely, definitely got to Art and I. He had to jump to another session, but he's coming back. We're going to do more talking, going to do more learning with him. And here's the thing to remember. He's running for president of the United States. And he's running under the third party, the Green Party. What's imperative here for you? No, no, I don't want to say it that way. Here's what I think. I will never tell you who to vote for. I'll definitely tell you to vote, but I won't tell you who to vote for. What I will tell you is to do your research. Understand the parties. Understand the candidates. But most importantly, dig into what they stand for and what they're trying to accomplish and see what aligns with you and then vote that way. Don't let anyone tell you you've got to vote Democratic or you've got to vote Republican. You've got to vote for the candidate and the party that you believe is going to make the biggest difference in your world. And hopefully enough of us are aligned on our goals and our expectations and our hopes and our dreams for a community of people, our community of people, that our votes align in the right way. There's nothing that is expected of you but to vote your conscience, but to vote for the things that you align with. You heard Dr. West talk about the number of people who didn't vote at all in the past elections. That responsibility is on us. If you can hear my voice now, perhaps you're one of those people. And what I'd say to you is, get up and do it. You've heard all the reasons before. You've heard every one of them. You've heard it's your civic responsibility. You've heard it's your duty. You heard that your ancestors died for this. You heard that there's been blood in the streets, people beaten, people hurt, people killed. And all that is true. So there's nothing new that I can tell you. But the only thing that I can ask you to do is go inside of yourself and think how critically important is this moment. And what would your relatives, your personal ancestors say to you if they could see you not partaking in something that they potentially died for. That's all I got for you. Listen, Wild Black, with that, I'm out. Peace. Love you. Later. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.